I think there's an aspect of protecting your team, but there's also a, an aspect of serving your team. If you see that one of your team members doesn't know how to do a thing, you know, be the coach or provide the training or, you know, uh, help them become competent in their role. And I think that's the servant role, if you if that's the right term uh, of of being a product leader or a, pro or a manager. Welcome to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week, a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. Hello, everybody. Grant Hunter here with another Product Growth Leaders topic of the week. You know, this week we we brought up a new topic. I, Steve, I wanted to do a on a special topic of the week. <laughs> right on a very special topic of the week, we're going to talk about mental health in product management. Not, you know, I'll be the first person to admit that I have anxiety and stress related professionally, but everything else. And I think all of us do are people. And it's been with everything with COVID for the past couple of years and working from home and remote, you know, I think it's become more to the forefront. So we wanted to have this conversation. Product management is a job that it can be ambiguous and it can be, you know, the clarity is not there in definition and it, and it leads to it being a stressful role. And so uh, that's what we decided to talk about today. What a panel we got here. We've, we've got international we got uh marco and lorenz coming in from europe uh germany and in barcelona i if hopefully i did that well and we've got a lot of regular panelists including my boy jason's back jason welcome uh it's good to see you and have you in good health uh we asked the question on uh monday there's been a lot of talk on social media about product management and mental health how do you manage the stress of product management. Uh, Steve, is this even a topic was, that was talked about 5, 10, 15 years ago in product management? Well, you know, it, it wasn't talked about per se, except all of my jokes worked if they were about <laughs> stress. Uh, I, I remember one of the jokes I, I, I or stories that I, I told often was the story about Justin the policeman. Uh, and uh, I, I was having dinner with a VP of product management and her husband, and we were, uh, Liz and I were just kind of complaining about the frustration, uh, difficulty in product management. And suddenly Justin said, I can't, how in the world do you guys handle the stress? And I'm like, wait, a policeman is telling me that he's finding this stressful. Uh, 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 compared to his job. And, and, and I said, how could that be? And, and, and Justin said, well, you know, when I was a, a cop, uh, we went to police academy. Uh, we had very clear roles and responsibilities. Um, we had support from upper management. It doesn't sound like you have any of those. <laughs> and uh, so for, for many of the folks that go through my classes, it's like, okay, this is, this is like a police academy. We're gonna learn 
what is and is not your job. We're going to learn how to how to you know do things and when to call for backup and you know when to escalate to somebody else. And uh, I, so I think it's I think it's been out there for 15, 20 years uh, and maybe longer. But you know I don't think we've really talked about it until recent times. No, I I agree. And just so people know, Steve Gutenberg does not show up in the class. It's not that police academy. It's <laughs> <laughs> There's only a few people who are going to get that joke. You have to be old enough to even know what the police academy movies are. So, but we we asked the question, how do you manage stress? And we had you know, we got more answers and longer answers. I think a couple of people will get to some of the theses we got today. The first one I'm going to start with is our first thesis from Brian Weber. I you know you talked about uh, it's all knowledge workers, not just product management. And I thought that was a really good point, Brian. Uh, and you know, everyone has their own results, but you can benefit from certain things. Talk to me about your approach and how you deal with it. Yeah, I think everybody has their own things that they enjoy doing, be it exercise, you know, different types of exercise. I think I put a walk in nature is always really good. And then, you know, there's others that they'll meditate, they'll journal to get rid of the stress or just understand it. Um, and then, you know, good health. So I think those are just a common set of things that anybody can do. To help with their stress. The the part of your answer that really intrigued me was stoicism. Talk yeah, to start, me about. Yep, I started really getting into that probably year and a half ago or so. Reading a lot of the Ryan Holiday books. Um, you know, I started with the Daily Stoics, or every day it's one page, you read it, and just a uh, the philosophy of it's don't take it personally. You know, it, it might be bad now, tomorrow it's going to be good um don't get as emotional about things yeah no I, I think that's great and you know maybe it's i need to take some time to look in, and to read some from some of that i always thought of stoicism as being unemotional but really it's about managing how what you let affect you and how you let things affect you so it, it really interesting it, it brought back memories from like a liberal arts college degree <laughs> talking <laughs> in philosophy classes uh but i thought it was a great answer May, you talked about product management being an open-ended role and lots of things feel like it's part of your job, more so in small organizations. Uh, talk to me about your approach to, to how do you deal with it? So personally, um, like, so product management is the job that could never end, right? Because your role is to make your product successful and there's a multitude of things you can do and there's not enough hours in the day, even if you don't sleep and are superhuman and can like warp time. So um, I think that it's important for us to think about, you know, this is a job. We get paid to work a certain amount of hours for this organization. Um, if you own equity or if you own the company, then maybe you're incentivized to put a bit more in it. But at the end of the day, it's work, right? So it's important for you to prioritize what's important. Um, and on the stress front, um, I used to be a teacher and I used to teach in a very impoverished neighborhood. So when I went into software, um, I saw people getting really stressed out. And I'm like, at the end of the day, for most of us doing our work, like, if the software doesn't ship tomorrow, no one's gonna starve. Um, so like, why are you freaking out over this? It, it literally doesn't matter. Some like sales can deal taking. with it. Some yeah. Perspective taking. We, we, you look at where we are and maybe we put some more pressure on ourselves. Uh, I, I, I think that's a great lesson. And for anybody, to Brian's point, it's not just product management, it's knowledge workers as a whole. 
sometimes we need to take perspective of where we are and what, you know, and, and appreciate that. Jason, you did not answer. You know, it's been many, many Mondays since you've answered, but I'd love to get your take on on this. Yeah, for well, personally, it's um, like what May was saying. I mean, it's about perspective. Um, I was 19 running a team to operate nuclear propulsion on an aircraft carrier, and nothing I've done since is... Um, as important probably as making sure that 5,000 sailors didn't run aground or into another ship. Or the so, nuclear stuff didn't nuclear. Or it, did, it didn't go nuclear. Um, so it's really about, for me, it's been about perspective, kind of keeping it at ease. I have a, like a mantra that um, when I've managed a team of product managers um, and when they start stressing out close to release, we have to move it because it's low quality. And I just say, listen, no babies are dying as a result of us moving, you know? And it's kind of what May was saying, like, this is just business. We're going to lose some, win some, and um, you're going to make people mad. And then the next day they're going to win something and they're going to be happy. So, um, but it can be stressful when you have your executives who have expectations of you um, and you're not kind of um, living up to them. Uh, but that's just, again, um, yeah, that, that comes with the territory, but I don't know how to best manage that. I guess that's why we're on this call to figure that out. Uh, it, it, you know, I, I, I'm I'm a member of a peer group, a Vistage peer group, and you know I I we had a session a few months ago where I talked about managing stress and my stress, and you know two things came into mind. One was a great advice is uh, Byron Katie has uh, the work by Byron Katie. There's four questions, and I think I've mentioned it before on this, but the first question is you know is this thought true, right? And then it's is this thought really true, right? And too often. We let a thought, whether it's what a executive or customer or developer expects from us, get the best of us. And we sort of go down that rabbit trail and, you know, and it sort of goes into some of our biases. And that was one. And then another one uh, recommended uh, some meditation books by Sam Harris around uh, waking up and that type of stuff. I think that perhaps what we do after we get this call is maybe put, start put, put a post together where people can start sharing books or podcasts or apps that they use to help with this because so far the byron katie stuff the work helped this sam harris stuff i'm just starting with uh the daily stoic and uh ryan holiday is stuff that now i'm adding that list but i think if we can start cataloging some of these things it would be a, a, a great way for us to do this marco uh great to have you joining us from germany uh evening your time not midday but uh, you talked about, uh, you know, so many responses to this record and, and, the, and the cultural difference, some of it. I'd love to get you to talk about how you see this in, you know, in your culture versus the American culture in product management as a whole. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, uh, I, I've worked in, in, in the U.S. and U.K. and all over the place. So a lot of that is, I think, the same across all cultures, um, particularly if you're dealing with international customers. So the expectations are there. One thing I always noticed is that very often disappointment stems from false expectations. And very often, particularly in product management, because it's ambiguous and it's, it's more or less results driven, this does fuel these, these, these false expectations quite a bit. Um, very often, particularly when it comes to roadmaps or similar or deadlines and milestones, 
a lot of these are set without a whole lot of evidence to support them. Uh, so obviously it's, it's very easy to miss those marks on a regular basis. And what ultimately comes out of that, apart of course from the, the disappointment, is a bit of a little bit too much of, uh, I would say, negative reinforcement. Now, at the end of the day, we're all human. Uh, we do require some kind of uh, level of satisfaction or at least uh, success or achievement. And if that is not met on a regular basis, but it's rather met with, with you know, the negative portion of that, the other, the flip side of that, that's when you start stressing out. So again, I, I totally agree. It's a lot of, um, I would say, um, you know, the ability to handle, to be resilient towards that. And a lot of that, of course, doesn't really matter if it's cultural, time zones, if you're working nine to five, if you're working, you know, 10 to 10 or whatever, right, or weekends or not. At the end of the day, what you're really trying to do is just come out of that week with a sense of achievement. Now, I've done something, I've achieved something, the work I've put in showed results, people were happy about it, or at least you've learned something from it. But where stress comes in, and again, this is across all cultures, is if that is missing. If yeah. you're not sure if you've achieved something, if your superiors uh, don't get that feeling either, and at the end of the day, you really wonder, you know, why am I doing this? You know, what's the result? You know, I put something in, and nothing positive comes out of it. No, I, I get that. You talked about resilience. I I saw a great session from a guy named Nick Petri. He used to be with the Center for Creative Leadership on resilience, and you know, one of the things he talked about was one of the problems we have is that we ruminate too much you know we let something just fester and we think about it and we ruminate on it and you know one of his keys to building resilience was to how how do you eliminate resilient uh, rumination that's not adding value to that conversation so i, I love that term resilience uh, i'm going to stay on the cultural tack and, and go to lauren's I, you know I, i'd love to understand you know sort of same question as you see it in in spain versus what you see in, in the uk or uh, America or the, you know, is, do you see a similar pattern? Is it the same, you know, it, everywhere you go, you, you see it? Yeah, good, good question. So from my side, I, I currently work for a company in, in Munich, in Germany. So um, it's, a, it's a bit different. My previous company was based in Barcelona, but I'm planning to move into to Munich. So I'm actually shifting off company culture or, or environment culture uh, again. And I must, I do experience that there is some differences uh, in, in terms of culture, although both companies are very international, international customers, international employees, obviously all online. Yet you do experience some differences. I would say German company a bit more organized, a bit more structured. Um, I've not worked for an American company uh, before. I've worked for a New Zealand company. Um, so it always changes. Um, but yeah, I think some some stereotypes are uh, you, you you can you can um, maybe generalize a little bit like Spanish, maybe a little bit more um, relaxed and uh, yeah. Besides that, I would also say, I mean, I also agree with um, Marco on, on the terms of 
sense of achievement you get and i would say i would I'd like to add to that it could also depend on what kind of uh, organization you're in or the phase the organization is in is it a startup is it a scale-up is it uh, are you in a do you need to turn around the whole situation that could really highly affect as well the way you experience stress levels for example right now i'm in a in a scale-up my previous company also scale-up and everything's growing and everything is exciting and i think maybe there's more chances to um, look back at your week and, and, and see the achievement or see the progress. But it doesn't mean that a product manager that, that's in a turnaround situation is not doing well or, or uh, should feel less achieved uh, if he can keep the boat afloat or if he can achieve a turnaround. That doesn't necessarily mean they are realizing huge numbers in, in, in revenue or whatever. But still, they could do an amazing job. So it's it's also uh, putting that in perspective and and setting the expectation of what you can do uh, in your current role. I think that's important as well. Lawrence, I, I, that's really really insightful. I I I hadn't even thought about it. And, and Joey, I'm going to come to you in a second because of something he said. But one thing that stuck out to me: there's a, a professor at INSEAD in France named Erin Meyer. She actually just wrote a book with uh, Reid Hoffman but she has a book called The Culture Map where you can actually take a assessment and it will talk about what countries are better fit for your culture, what you want to be with and that type of stuff. So thinking about even at, you know, as we're a global country, where companies are from and how that impacts the culture of the company. It's been something that I, you, I appreciate you bringing that in there. Joy, uh, Lorez was talking about sort of where you are in the scale up and the startup and that type of stuff. And I, I remember when we were doing customer metrics or product metrics, you came up with a metric of team morale. Mm -hmm. And I think that just it, it, it comes full circle here, right? Where team morale is about the mental health. I'd love to get your thoughts on, you know, for yourself, how you, you know, morale and, and, and stress and, and, and also working with the team to understand what's going on. Yeah, I've worked at some pretty toxic companies and the current company that I work at right now is fantastic and amazing. And um, my go-to when I was younger, if it was a toxic company, I'd just quit <laughs> and go somewhere else. Um, that wouldn't really be an option at this point. So I'm very fortunate that I'm at the company that I'm at, but some things that I would recommend is reaching out to like-minded uh, individuals, in, you know, in the same space. So Steve had an example where a police officer didn't understand the stress we could we're going through, but the VP of product management that he was talking to, they're able to commiserate. They get it. I mean, just like this community here, we we get it. We've all experienced the same thing. We're not alone, and I think that's one thing that's been helpful for me, you know, I was living in Chicago, I joined Chicago Product Management Association. So there's local product management associations, there's um, Slack channels that you can join, there's even just reading blogs and the comments, you realize that you're not alone, that the things that you're going through. And I think just that sense that um, there are other people who get it, who have gone through the same thing and maybe you can read about or talk about how they've gotten through it. I think that's the most help. I mean, meditation, you know, in general and, and, and whatnot is helpful, but I think in particular with product management, just talking or finding other product managers to talk to, even lunch club, um, I think can be helpful. You can reach out to product managers specifically. In, you know, 
that's one of the reasons Steve and I started both the product growth leaders community, but also, you know, these calls was to get us to a place where we can uh, talk with other people, right? And maybe it's not always about the stress, but having that peer group is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey, uh, you, you talked about has great answers and, you know, the fact that there's only so much you can control, both mentally and physically, we interact with so many peoples. I'd love to get your, your, your take on, on this. Yeah, I just to amplify, I really like the, the perspective and the exercise ideas because that's something I do too. Uh, but the stoicism and more specifically reading about philosophy has really helped me over the last five years because it's given me a lot of different perspectives than I didn't have. And the number one thing is there is only so much you can control. I can control my attitude. I can control my responses. I can control what I think, but I can't control what other people do. And as product people, we work with so many others. <laughs> customers, uh, team members, people in the company that will help or prevent us from doing something. We can't control them. We can try to influence them. We can try to engage them, but we cannot control their their responses, their actions, their behaviors. We can only control ourselves. So working on that, getting better at that, helping me understand that has been great uh, reading philosophy and and, and stoicism and those types of things. Uh, The other thing is to detach your job from who you are. Uh, I am very wrapped up in the fact that I love products. I love leading product organizations and working with product people and solving product problems. But the job that I have is different than that. Uh, That's what I love doing. However, if a company decides that they're over budget, they need to cut people, they will cut me. Uh, if, if, uh, If I don't work in an organization that believes the same things I do, um, then I won't be successful. So I separate myself and what I like to do and the job that I have in the company I'm working at, because sometimes those things align, very often they don't. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. And a couple of things I wanted to, May, I know you need to leave. I wanted to see if you had any last thoughts from this conversation. Um, we actually did something with my team yesterday. Um, we, we, we have this like session every other week on like, how do we learn to do work better, but like outside the context of work? And mm-hmm. so one of us came up with the idea of like parodying what we do today. So I think um, just little fun activities like that does a huge thing for morale. No, definitely. And, and, it's, and, and that's the thing is it's not an individual thing. It should be a team thing as well because we need to support each other and be there. Uh, great comment. Uh, Corey, actually, one of the things you made me think of was the impact that seven habits of highly effective people had on me when I read it as a 21, 22 year old, because there was the thing that you started learning, you know, don't stress over things you don't have control over. And I, I can still go back to that, but, you know, as a guiding point, but it still is something I think about. So I, I, I think that's a, that's one I would add to that list as well. And it's not that you shouldn't worry about that. Or you'd be concerned about that, I should say. It's like, I, I really want people to, <laughs> uh, I really want to do a good job. I really want to have a successful product. I really want to have the team members, you know, gel and work together and all that. Those, those are good goals because you're good things to try to accomplish. You can't force that to happen or you can't make that happen. Um, you're striving toward it, um, but also realize that it's, it's somewhat out of your control um, for all that. No, c- completely and totally. Uh, Calvin, you, you talked about exercising and stretching uh, being an important in Sports Center. 
I don't know. As a Philadelphia sports fan, Sports Center maybe makes me more stressed than it does relax me. <laughs> maybe you should try the, uh, the 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 Fox Sports and the West Coast version. That might, you know, <laughs> just, a, just a thought. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, Corey mentioned, and I think a couple other mentioned the the exercise, and I, I mean, I just think of you know letting air out of the balloon, you know, conceptually is what's what's been beneficial. Uh, beneficial for me and like the stretching you can do in front of you know whatever your favorite program is you know but I also agree with I think what what Joy said and, and uh, I think Corey may have mentioned this as well somebody mentioned it uh, talking to talking to others talking to you know this group or other you know other peers that are not on today, today that have the same experiences and have that same kind of um, you know understanding of what product management is and some of the 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 uh, you know the challenges and I, I actually I do know the, the thing that 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 Corey said that that, that was um, you know a, a reminder for me I saw or I, I learned early on in my career that you know when when there are challenges with the company you know suddenly you're a, you're a number you know and I just I, I saw that at age 24 25 when you know small company and you know tough times and people got laid off. And so I, I learned early on that, you know, the job is the job and I am not, I am not my job, you know? Yeah. And I think it's challenging when people, you know, define themselves as what they do because the stress becomes more of a, um, more personal. And I've been able to kind of detach a little bit from that. So. No, I, I think that's a great, that, that detachment, you know, from... <laughs> Apple TV has a show coming out called Severance, where the premise is you go through the surgery and it separates your work memories from your non-work memories. It's more of a dark humor type thing, but it was an interesting concept, right? How do you, we always tell you need to leave work at work, right? Yeah. How do you separate yourself from it? And that's the hardest thing to do. When I used to commute to New York, people are like, how do you handle a you know hour plus train ride? I'm like, dude, it is the best way to sort of reset yourself before. And I, it's somebody I can't remember who it was said they actually will do a 30 minute commute. You know, they'll force themselves to drive around just to have that you know that shut off time. <laughs> uh when dealing with it so i i love the idea of the separation although it you know it's hard you know this is the, the commute idea is interesting because i find like every day before i start i kind of have a routine and i try and get on by nine but i always spend 15 minutes you know re you know surfing the internet whether it's looking at twitter or reading the washington post or something online in order to kind of ease into my day yeah, no, I get that. Paul Hurwitz, you have been sitting there very patiently, and I want to get to you and your thoughts on this. So a few things. Number one, the, the whole idea of exercise for me, I mean, everybody hears me talking about bicycling. Um, that's definitely my way of getting stress out. But I take it even one step further when I was I will try and do that at lunch just to get out for 20, 30 minutes at lunch, just midday, get some endorphins going, get some stress out. And 
when I was in an office, you know, a big thing, many companies that like they pay for lunch. Do you know why they do it? Because they want you to eat at your desk and not leave the office. So when I was at a company that was doing that, the last time I worked in the city, I actually scheduled twice a week for my team to take lunch and go sit out in a park outside the office to eat lunch just for us to get out, de-stress, not be sitting at our desks and just just get some fresh air, which I think made a huge difference. Um, in terms of re also that ho this whole perspective thing is definitely true. Everybody here has probably heard me say that I, I think that as a product manager, we have to be willing to step on toes a little bit. We have to be willing to push back on people. And I think you have to have a little bit of that having a little bit of that fortitude to push back on people can who are make who you think are making bad decisions or or non-data-based decisions adds to our stress. People who make bad decisions is what add, leads to our stress. So I think if you can, and I try to internalize this myself, if I can make a good decision on a, a product decision and it's based on data and I have justifications for the decision that I made, I will feel less stress if somebody comes and says, let's do this, or why are you doing that? If I feel that I can justify what I'm doing, I try and de-stress myself that way by knowing that I made a good a decision in a, in a proper way. Yeah. No, I, 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 that's a great, uh, I love the idea of scheduling the time to go out when you couldn't do that. I, you know, it's, we have to do these things to make it happen. I, you know, we've had an incredible conversation. We're already, you know, 30 minutes in or so I was going to, before we move to the poll, want to see if anybody else has other comments. I think I've given everybody a chance on this question about how do we, uh, manage the stress. Steve, any last, or, go ahead, Marco. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, uh, the, the health aspect, I would say, because I think most of us do forget about our own health for the most part, um, and, and that includes sleep, right? We lose sleep over this. We, we get up early. We feel tired in the afternoon, and we seem to, to, to be under the impression that we, we, again, to the point of resilience, we have to keep going. We're these energizer bunnies, and we're supposed to be answering all the questions, and at the end of the day, everything needs to be finished, and we sacrifice, for example, sleep over that. And the problem with that is it's a, it's a vicious circle, because yeah. when you don't have enough sleep, you're not focused, you don't have the energy, and that by itself then has a negative effect on your work as well. Yeah. So it kind of perpetuates itself. And unless you break out of that vicious cycle, um, which again also has a direct effect on how you handle stress, it's going to be almost impossible to break out and, and you know, make a fresh start. So that's why sometimes you just need vacation to break out. Yep. Uh, and I think for me, as I look at that, one of the issues I had was I would wake up at three in the morning and my mind would start going on work stuff. And the ability to shut that off has been one of the key things for me. Steve, any thoughts, last thoughts on this? Um, well, yeah, I, you know, I'm actually just reminded of a, a cartoon that's been making the rounds since my father was a young manager. Uh, in those days, they were, you know, bad photocopies of bad photocopies or mimeographs or something. But anyway, uh, the cartoon was 
lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. And I, I know I have always needed to embrace that more. You know, somebody comes in at quarter of five on a Thursday and says, oh, I need this tomorrow morning. I go into full freak out. And you're like, you really have to step back and go, wait a minute, how long have you had this? Oh, three weeks and you're just telling me about it? Well, I'll see what I can do, but you know, I'm not gonna stress about it. Uh, and that's easier said than done. But I think a lot of our stress does come from lack of planning elsewhere or underskilling of people elsewhere, just because they can't apparently read the shit we already wrote and put on SharePoint doesn't mean it's my job to read it aloud to them. From Jira. Or SharePoint. <laughs> I, you always talk about reading aloud from Jira. I just had to finish that one yeah. right there. Hey, Corey in the chat, I, I love that thought. Treat yourself like something, someone you're responsible for helping. Right. And sometimes we forget that we're, we need to take care of our own self. And so what a great conversation on this topic. You know, let's get to the poll. The poll question was, what's the leading product management related cause of your stress and anxiety? And we had, got a lot of answers. Firefighting never ends at 11 percent. Lack of clear definition, expectations of my role. Uh, unrealistic expectations from leadership, both at 29 percent. Actually, if you're on the website, you'll see that's changed. Somebody else voted for unrealistic relict realistic expectations. We've got stakeholders, only one vote, 5%. And other, it depends with 23%. Steve, did you vote on this? I did not. Um, or maybe I did. I mean, you know, the weeks go by. Um, I'm going to go with lack of definition and expectations for my role, which is, it seems to be every place we go, people are like, uh, you know, my job is ill-defined. And yeah. as you know, from our, our courses, the research says that only, what is it, 12% or 20% of organizations even have a clear definition of product management. So I, it strikes me that that would be a major source of uh, stress. And it actually goes to your answer from the first question uh, about your product management coach friend who said big, one of the biggest problems they see is people not knowing the role. Right. It's right. They don't, it's the tactical role versus the strategic role. I, I as I voted for the unrealistic expectations from leadership and I was very literal with this. It's unrealistic expectations for myself. Right. As as we are building our company, as we are the product management people, I put expectations out there that are unrealistic of myself and of, of what I want us to do. Uh, and I think that's where a, a cause of it. Joy, how did you vote? You're on mute. Well, I did not anyhow, so mute. What, what would you vote? What was the one about the uh, uh, description or? Uh... Uh, lack of clear definition and expectations of the role. Yes. Oh, wrong. Yes. I hit the wrong button. I believe. Uh, <laughs> believe is good too, right? Uh, how, Jason, how about you? Um, I voted on the unrealistic expectations from leadership. Okay. Which, you know, as long as it's tied to the the expectations of the role, but I think you have leadership who don't understand software, technology, the product process, um, thought workers, then, and they have expectations to deliver their group, their customers and stock stakeholders. Um, then there could be obviously a lack of communication and a lack of understanding, which can cause stress not only to you, but also to the leadership. Yep. I, I love it. Brian. Uh, the lack of clear definition. Lack of clear. 
did you vote? Or is that what you're going to vote for that's, now? That's what I voted. Okay. Because you know me, I'm trying to do the math on is mine going to win or not. And <laughs> unfortunately, with, with Joyce joining Steve, that one's put, go, sort of running away from me. But okay, lack of that. Uh, how about Lawrence? Did you vote? Uh, I did I did not vote, but I would also tend to agree with lack of clear definition could be um, the definition can be very broad, right? It could be more towards discovery, more delivery, more technical, less technical. There could be so many things. And I think that's where expectations need to be managed. I, I, I actually agree with you. And Steve and I have talked about and written about that. Maybe I will change my vote. Uh, Marco. <laughs> I also voted for lack of clear definition. And the interesting thing about this is generally as a product manager, you try to find a solution to a problem. And very often people try to find a problem to a solution. And as a product manager, you're, you're very often that solution that people try to apply to a problem that they haven't really defined. So I do see very often, and this happened to me more often than not, that I'm considered to be the person just fix it, right? Or project manage this or program managers or something else when the product management side of things. So the solution that I can provide is not really what they were looking for in the first place. So they have a completely different problem. They didn't really identify it. And they thought, okay, product manager, ambiguous, kind of fixes it all. So we're the fix it role. Exactly. And then and that puts a lot of yeah paul so i was the late uh vote actually just before the meeting unrealistic expectations from leadership and, i didn't even know that I, I i'm you know now i know who's on my my team and um and i think as i can't remember who was saying it before that really encompasses a lot of different things unrealistic expectations from leadership of what product management is, unrealistic expectations from leadership on what the market wants, unrealistic expectations from leadership on- What uh, you can deliver. What, on what you can deliver, exactly. All sorts of different kinds of unrealistic leadership. All right, uh, and Corey, you came in, I mean, Corey, you gave me a, a stack rank order and I can't do stack ranks on you know, the platform here if I could. There's definitely times that everybody says all the above, but it's nice to have that stack rank. And you you went with uh, the same unrealistic expectation from leaderships. Yeah, because I, I like all the answers. I think they're all valid. I think they all stem from a unrealistic expectation from leadership and how leadership views um, the job, how they're viewing problems. Um, and if that's not fixed, then you will have the other firefighting and uh, definitions and stakeholders doing their own thing. And the interesting thing is that was the, the exact conclusion we came to in our bad product management is, you know, the leading issue with stress, the leading issue with the bad product management, leading issue with a lot of these things is leadership's expectations are not aligned. Calvin, I saved you for last. Had you voted? I thought you were the extra vote that came in. I was going to have you and Corey last because I figured that last vote was, you're normally one who votes after I've taken the screen grab. And, and I, made, I made a point last night to vote. <laughs> Um, so that I wouldn't, so I wouldn't cause you that that uh, that challenge, that angst. I, I, you know, I said other because I felt like prioritization was the challenge, and I didn't feel like prioritization fit fe, uh, fit within 
um, the lack of clear definition, and it didn't feel fit in within with unrealistic expectation or with uh, yeah with unrealistic expectations. Um, that I felt like the um, you know the change in priorities, the change in in corporate direction. Um, is what causes this, this stress because you don't really know where to allocate your time or I don't know where to allocate my time. If I really wanted to, I could spin that as well. You just said it's leadership's fault. So it would be a vote for leadership. And I think it would be a tie. I'm not gonna go down that path. It seems like you know the combo of unrealistic expectations and lack of clear definition, which there's definitely interrelationship to. I think there's a clear uh, you know, those, those sort of was a leading cause. So I thank you for the conversation and the votes. You know, I'm going to skip to, uh, skip one of the questions and go to this question. We talked about the impact and what we individually can do, but as product leaders, what should we be doing to help reduce the levels of stress and anxiety in our product managers? So now let's put the hat on as somebody who could help other people. What should we be doing? How can we help? How can we as leaders help our team with this uh, you know and jason i'll come to you first you know we've talked about a lot of little things and i, I do believe that i'm going to take this reread it take our notes down and actually maybe create a blog post or a white paper about it because this is such a vital topic but you know I, this is now shifting to as people helping other people what can we do jason don't panic don't panic don't panic you know, you need to show that your people that you support them, that you're there for them, um, and that their decisions matter. Um, and also, when there is something that's real critical, that you don't show panic and create more panic in a situation where they're already stressed. Like you have to acknowledge that the, you know, the people that work with you want to please not only you but their stakeholders. They're already stressed, so if you start adding on that by panicking, that's not going to create any great solutions. And you can also provide as a role model that everything can take, you know, some time, some chill, work through the work through the solutions, um, and figure out how to communicate. Um, and I think that's how I've worked with my product managers in the past, and they've appreciated that kind of resilience. Just the calm, steady hand that can sort of, mm -hmm. if the, if they see you stressing, it'll compound with them. I love yes. that. I, that's a, that's a great, Corey. Talk, talk to them, talk. get them in dialogue, get them in conversations, talk to them about what bothers them, talk to them about what struggles they're having, talk about what they don't want to talk about, talk about what they do want to talk about. Just hold space for them to talk. And if they're not talking, encourage them to journal. Um, I meant to mention it in my first answer, but journaling is the thing that has really changed one of my uh, mindsets is learning how to journal and then journaling because it's a conversation with myself. And sometimes that's fun, sometimes it's not, but it's very therapeutic. I, I, I love that idea. I love that. Uh, Calvin. I mean, not only talk, but, but listen as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was implied in what Corey said, but I appreciate the <laughs> calling it out specifically. <laughs> Is that it? Um, yeah, that's it for now. That's it for now. Uh, you know, Paul, what makes me think of is your lunches you used to schedule. Uh, was it just to get out or did you talk and listen with them. It, it definitely that talk and listen, but really as my answer to this, I'm uh, I'm really going to jump a little bit on what Jason was saying of being level-headed, 
and but taking that one step further and we talked about before of of keeping the right um perspective on things don't mm -hmm. make people think that we're saving lives every minute of the day with what we're doing keep things in perspective if if the work doesn't get done by 5 30 just continue with the next day like we're we're not we're not supporting uh, 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 what call it? We're not supporting aircraft carriers or or yeah. submarines or whatever you you served on, Jason. I'm not sure, um, but like we're not most of the time we're not doing things that is life or death at every moment. So it's okay to slow down and keep perspective on what we're doing. I, two things that sort of jumped to me when there. I had a one of my favorite managers ever. Uh, it was when I was a director at an enterprise software company of competitive intelligence. He said. If you were working less than 35 or 40 hours a week, you probably don't have enough on your plate. If you're more, working more than 45 or 50 hours a week, either we need to work on your efficiency or you've got too much on your plate. You know, and, and, and he's like, I, when you're home, I want you to, you know, when you're off, I want you to be off. And when you're on, I want back to the severance, right? How do you separate it? The second thing is, you know, along with that, keep perspective and keep the calm. I, I always found that part of my job as a leader was to be air cover, right? Don't let a lot of the BS from leadership and other stakeholders get to them. You know, I was the protector. I was the person who was shielding them from some of this stuff that was an issue. But you, when you talked about perspective, it made me think about that. Brian Weber. Uh, I agree with the perspective and staying calm, but then I would also add, encourage them to take time for themselves. You know, it's, so many people are looking at product managers to get stuff done for them that they think they have to work 12, 14 hour days. Right? It was just said, it'll be there tomorrow. So take that time for yourself, go for a walk, enjoy your family, whatever it is. Schedule, tell them to schedule that time for themselves. Yes. And I'm almost insistent, right? Make yep. them do it. I, I love that because sometimes they won't and you have to force them to. Joy. I would say, tell them that it's okay to talk about it. We just in general, we've come so far with mental health and being able to, to talk openly about it. Um, my, uh, the current company that I'm at, the CEO and founder during a company town hall that was being recorded for the entire company admitted, because you know he's the co-founder, how stressful it was, how lonely, and how he went through this really long depression period. And I was like, I cannot believe he just admitted that <laughs> on a recording to, the, to all his employees. And I just think it's an amazing thing because now we can say, you know, even our CEO admitted to going through depression. So if you're stressed, if you're upset, I mean, open up, tell us about it. I was at a meeting at a global 100 company and it was in HR, total rewards and benefits and stuff. And the CEO came and talked. I mean, this you know, guy who's on CNBC and Wall Street Journal, all this stuff all the time. And he, they, he shared a video on mental health they had done for the organization where he admitted the same. And it's like to see the CEO of a global 100 company admitting the issues he's had and how he went and got counseling. I mean, the impact that had on that organization, the impact that had on me as somebody just, you know, observing it was incredible. But Mm -hmm. Wow, that's powerful to have the co-founder CEO do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's part of making it a safe space, right? Mm -hmm. 
for people to do that. I, I, oh, wow. That's powerful. Jason, great point. Be openly thankful for your teammates and employees. Sometimes we don't get enough appreciation. And part of our job is to do, to do that, to give that appreciation. How about you, Marco? I, I, oh, I, can Paul, I just make one small comment, just jumping on what you were just saying, that safe space, making sure that your team understands that it's safe and okay to ask for help. Yeah, I com completely agree. Marco. You know, as product managers, we're pretty good at listening to our customers and their problems and finding solutions. But it seems very difficult for leaders to do the same for their team members. And to, to Paul's point, the safe space is so incredibly important. If you don't trust your superior or your superior doesn't trust you, there is no open space, no safe space to talk about this and find a solution. So, and also to Calvin's point, yeah, listen, I mean, don't, don't impose your solution to that problem on your team members. Have them find the solution themselves. So just listen and just try to um, use active listening, you know, ask questions and have them propose what they could do in order to alleviate that issue. I, I, I love that. Lawrence. Yeah, I would say do some activities that are not work related at all, like yep. build a relationship. Um, for example, what we did is um, I worked for a chess company, so we would play some chess games, you know, or we would uh, walk in nature. We, a group of us also, we would go in the morning, uh, go to the ocean and, and swim in ice cold water in winter times. I mean, these kind of things, it kind of uh, forms a relationship. Uh, I wouldn't make that mandatory because, of course, many people would also value their own private time and, and, and it's completely like optional. But for those people that do want to engage in that, I think that's, that's a great way to build a relationship. No, I, I, I think that's great. Steve. Well, you know, I, I, I think I'll go with the police slogan of protect and serve. Um, you know, I, I think in, in one aspect, our role as product leaders is to protect our team from the idiocy elsewhere um, of and, and knowing that it is safe to come to me and say, you know, the, the sales rep is asking me this or the head of development is asking me that. And you know, it's unreasonable. I remember a case where a sales rep wanted to book one of my product managers to do some sales engineering work, which is not his job to begin with. And he said, okay, and the date is February 10th. And I need, I need a commitment from you. And Bruce said, well, that's the day my daughter is going to be born. So I'm pretty sure I can give you my answer now. I won't be there. And sure enough, Kevin went to his boss, his boss came to me and he said, I need you to uh, make a commitment here. And I said, we've already made the commitment. I am committed that we are not going. Yeah. And, and uh, under what circumstance is it a reasonable request? Um, not even his job, right? So I think there's an aspect of protecting your team, but there's also a, an aspect of serving your team. If you see that one of your team members doesn't know how to do a thing, you know, be the coach or provide the training or, you know, uh, help them become competent in their role. And I think that's the servant role, if you if that's the right term uh, of of being a product leader or a, pro or a manager. Servant so protect leadership. and serve. 
Yeah, I, I, I love servant leader. And, and you know, a couple of things that popped in my head there, right? Make sure people take time for their anniversaries, their birthdays, their kids, concerts and events. I mean, Steve, you know how much how important it is for me to be able to see Megan and Katner do you know their shows and jazz competitions and marching band. That, that's so important. And there are times in my career where I miss that, right, where I was prioritizing and, and you have to do that. But as a leader, let's make sure they do that as well. Uh, but your servant leadership also, when I was a VP at GE, I actually said to my direct reports, hey, my first and foremost goal is to make sure you're happy and you're achieving what you want in your career. And if that means that you want to take a step out of my team or somewhere else to chase a new opportunity, I want to be one of your references, right? I want to make sure that you know, you if you want to be here, you're all in. If you don't, we help get you to where you're going to be happy. And I think as leaders, we need to think more about that as well, not just ourselves. And I guess that's a, the servant leadership concept, you know, really resonated with me. Uh, what a, gosh, what a great conversation. We're down to our lightning round and it, we won't have a ton of time, so we're going to make it fairly lightning. What would you warn someone new to product about the mental health impacts of being in a product manager, right? We've talked about a lot of the issues that can go on. Somebody's saying, hey, and there's a lot of people out there who are saying, I want to be a product manager. What's your warning on the mental health aspects? And I'm going to start with Paul. Keeping perspective. Keep perspective. All right. Calvin. Gosh, I don't, you know what? I'm going to pass. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Would you want me to come back to you or are you just going to pass fully? You know what? I'm going to pass fully. Okay, pass fully. Brian Weber. Wait, actually, I'm going to rephrase that. There is so much you need to know about. You don't even know how to communicate to a person what it should be because it is such a major thing that it's hard to just say what one thing would you say. Is that a good paraphrase for you, Calvin? One thing that I would say, um, rely on others in areas where you lack the knowledge. Rely on others where you lack the knowledge. I love that. Brian. I'll kind of build off of Paul's to keep perspective. It's just, it'll change tomorrow. If it's bad today, it'll be better tomorrow. I love that. Marco. I would say keep a healthy work-life balance. I mean, if your work affects your personal life, it's already too late. Healthy work-life balance, very important. Lawrence. I would agree. I would say put your health first. If you are more health, more healthy, you can be more effective, more productive in all other ways. I, I love it. I, now I'm feeling guilty. I need to do more of that stuff. Corey. I'm struggling with this, but the thing that's in the front of my head now that I want to say is be comfortable being uncomfortable. Learn how to deal with ambiguity. Learn how to be okay with not knowing. Learn how to say, I don't know, and be, and, and be happy with that. All right. Joy. I'm going to stick with the theme from earlier, and I would just say you are not alone. You are not alone. I, there, there's, we're, we're, we've all been through this. We're all going through this. We're all in it, this together. I love it. Jason, unless you're going to break into uh, high school musical, we're all in this too. You know, <laughs> Jason. Zoom riots, flash zoom riots. Um, 
Yeah, so I was just going to uh, go on to uh, a little bit more of what Calvin was saying, which was really just, um, you know, talk to each other, you know, talk yeah. to each other and communicate with your team. I love it. Steve. Learn the serenity prayer. <laughs> right. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change what I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, I, I love that. Uh, I'm going to just say, you know, make, make sure you know how to take a step back, right? When you're in the heat of the moment, take the step back and breathe, right? Whether it's a walk in the nature, a plunge in the cold ocean in the winter, Lawrence, or whatever it is that rejuvenates you. For me, it's often music, uh, that does that, but take, mentally make sure you take that step back don't let yourself get into the heat of it uh guys this has been an amazing powerful conversation for me i i you know i think everybody has their own issues they deal with uh and uh you know it's so powerful especially in the past couple of years with the pandemic and the fact that a lot of us have been living on these zoom calls right and not having the face-to-face -face interaction that we could have uh having a conversation about what we can do both individually for ourselves, but as leaders, uh, identifying where the things are and then talking about what our advice would be for others. What a powerful, impactful time. Uh, Paul, Calvin, Brian, Marco, Lawrence, Corey, Joy, Jason, May, who I had to leave earlier, and my, my partner, Steve Johnson. Thank you for a wonderful conversation. And no, each and every one of you, I'm here to talk to if you want somebody to talk to if you're going through something. Uh, I, I, many of you know that, but you know, the, the thing is there and, you know, we're, we are all in this together and I'm not going to go into the song, but, uh, you know, that one of the main reasons we created this community, Steve and I wanted to have a place to talk to and engage with other people for this exact same reason. So I don't know why it took us so long to do this one. Uh, it seems like it's right at home with what we've been doing. So thank you guys so much. Uh, we do this every week. Mondays, the question goes in. Wednesdays, we have the poll. And on Fridays, we have these wonderfully powerful calls that help me think and grow. And thank you guys so much. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you next week in the community. Thanks for listening to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. For more great content and to participate in the Topic of the Week conversations, go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.